Praise the Lord and welcome to today's devotional. Today we're going to be talking about pride. And in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it talks about six things that God hates. And the very first thing is a proud look. Today in society, many people have a hard time recognizing pride in themselves, but they're quick to recognize it in others. You know, some people can seem stuck up, self-centered, or high-minded, you know, but when it comes to looking at that pride in yourself, Christians don't think they're proud. But a lot of times, that proud that that pride comes when we're trying to seek God for something on our own behalf. And we don't want to listen to what God has to say. And we're unwilling to wait for Him and His timing. And we rush into the matters. You know, we kind of get ahead a, a of God. Um, there's a lot of times when we're looking at a situation and we think, oh, well, God isn't speaking to me. He must be speaking to that person, not to me. You know, um, when Jesus was here, he had uh, a lot of ways that we could look at that would show how humble he was. And this is, the, this is how we are to pattern, pattern our life after, is being humble. Um, he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death. In Philippians, it talks about that. He told his disciples, my meat, my fulfillment in life is to do the will of him who sent me. He said, I can do nothing on my own. I can do nothing. So, you know, there's a lot of good examples that we can read when we're reading about Jesus and about what we need to do to be humble. But there's a lot of times when we look at ourselves and we try to um, mask those things that are hurting in our hearts because we think we can handle them on our own. And, and really, we need to look to Christ. We need to look to Him to help us with these situations and not to try to depend on ourselves. And uh, John, he wrote, as he is, so shall we be in this world. So he was humbled. He humbled himself. He knew that he couldn't do anything on his on his own. You know, a lot of times we um, we want God's perfect will, but we're not willing to do what God has called us to do. You know, we will we will ask people to intercede for us. We'll cry, you know, tears of a river of tears, and you know, we're going to claim it. We're going to bind the demons, and and we're going to anything that will hinder us to get what we want. You know what? That's of the devil. Um, we will quote the Bible, and if other people do not agree with us, we'll go find somebody else who will agree with us. You know, one of the biggest traps to a Christian is a good idea, uh, because it's our idea, and it might not be what God really wants for us. Um, and the question is that what we need to look at in ourselves is, can we surrender that idea, that desire, to the cross, to what Jesus wants us to do. How can we walk unless we unless we look to Him, and and take those things and do not say I'm going to do it and you know you're going to pray with me and believe God with me. Uh, you know that can really destroy a person. We need to have um, you know at the cross there there is death there is um, you know it, that's where our uh, the price was paid and we need to look there. And we need to um, let go of our self-will, let go of those things that we have in our hearts that are holding us back from what God wants us to do. 
A lot of Christians are getting in trouble today, and they're hearing these, this still small voice, but they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it, and they're getting confused, and there's a lot of confusion out there. So we got to really be careful, and we got to really listen to that voice that is speaking to us, that's telling, them, telling us, just listen, be still, for I am God, I know what you have need of. If you will humble yourself and come unto me and, and let down, let your pride down, lay it down at that cross and come unto me, I will help you through this situation. So what I'm saying to you uh, today, Christians, is let that pride down, recognize it when it comes, and just give it unto Jesus. And praise the Lord today. I believe that you'll be able to do that if you look to him. And praise God and you enjoy your day. And thank you for joining us. Praise the Lord. That's right, Angie. And when, you, when you're thinking about pride and about humility, uh, it's very interesting. Humility is, is not about convincing ourselves or convincing other people that we are unattractive or we're incompetent or we're unimportant. That's not what humility is. Humility is not about beating ourselves up or, or trying to make ourselves into a zero. Humility has to do with submitted willingness. I want to say that again. Humility has to do with submitted willingness. It involves a healthy self-forgetfulness. Humility involves a revolution of our soul with a realization that the universe does not revolve around us. Humility brings with it to the believer the freedom to stop trying to be what we're not or pretending to be what we're not and to accept what one person called our appropriate smallness. Submitted willingness, a healthy forgetfulness, a revolution of the soul, accepting our appropriate smallness. This is what Jesus conveyed even by the way he lived his own life, as you brought out. He, Jesus learned what it was like to wear human flesh. He learned that obedience sometimes results in suffering. There's a whole, whole movement afoot in the church today that has tried to make suffering a dirty word, but it's not. Sometimes obedience will result in suffering. The writer in Hebrews tells us in chapter 5, verse 8, that even though Jesus was the Son of God, he learned obedience by what he suffered. Luke tells us in Luke 2.52 that Jesus learned and grew like any other child. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now this is God. And he condescended, he humbled himself to come here and become as one of us. He learned what it was like to create something with human hands. I mean, think about it. Before time began, Jesus created us with just a word, and now he stands by his stepfather Joseph with a piece of wood in his hands, and he's learning to create with his hands. So yes, when we look at the life of Christ, we can see learning, we can see humility. Jesus is our model, he's our example He's the one who we see the intended shape of our lives when we look at Him. Let me, 
let me bear down on that point for just a moment. When we look at Jesus, we see the intended shape of our lives. And He learned humbly. So today, as we allow the Holy Spirit through the Word of God to drive pride far from us, we also submit ourselves to the Lamb of God, the Christ of glory, who wants to shape us into His very own image. Not an image, as Angie said, that we have come up with for ourselves, but one that He already knows is the masterpiece that He's making us to be. That's what we want to be willing to walk in today. And this, beloved, is the very opposite of pride. God bless you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord and welcome to today's devotional. This is part two on pride. Um, Last week we talked about how um, pride can mask itself, uh, how we need to look to Jesus as our example. He humbled himself. Uh, he could not. He, he even said, "I can't. I do nothing on my own. I cannot do anything on my own." Um, and so today we're going to kind of look at how sometimes that pride can really attack out to other people. In Psalms 10:2, it says, "The wicked in his pride doeth persecute the poor." And this is not just physical poor. You know, people that are full of pride can attack other people because they consider them weak. Um, pride can cause one believer to believe that they need to be doing what the other believer is doing in front of them and that they could do it better. Uh, or they can, or like as in the um, two men that went up to the temple to pray, the one Pharisee and the other tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed and, oh, I thank God that I'm not like that other man over there, unjust, you know, he's, he's a tax collector, I fast twice a week. You know, and you can even, even in, in, in just that thinking of I, 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 you can hear the pride. You can, you can feel the pride. Even as I say it, I can feel it. But the tax collector, God be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, when, when the Pharisee who is supposed to know the word and, and, and supposed to, um, you know, know and follow what, what God has said, looks at this other person as a weak vessel. That person is weak. They're, they're a sinner. And you know what? Jesus said, I've come to save the lost. I come to heal the brokenhearted. And, and that's, that's who he came for. And yet the Pharisee is looking down. But when that, when that um, pride comes in and attacks that person that they consider weak, that's where you really got to watch. You've got to watch your words. Um, and a lot of times that comes because you think you know more than that person. Well, I wouldn't handle that situation like he's handling that situation. You know, I would do it a different way. And again, there's that I, 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 just as when Lucifer fell, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. You know, and a lot of times that's the way we become, you know, we, we look at a situation that somebody's going through and we judge it. 
We judge how they're handling it. We judge what they're doing. And we look down to them and we consider them weak because they're not handling it as well as we think they should be handling it. You know, that is where a lot of Christians lose it. They do not realize that they're not only hurting that person, they're hurting themselves. Because that puts that block for, for you not to hear what God is trying to work in your life. A lot of times you, you see it in a message. You know, somebody will be would have a good word from God, but that person looks in, you know, that's full of pride, will look in their hearts and say, oh, that's not for me. He's not, he's not talking to me. Um, you know, we really need to be content where we're at, and, and we need to um, look to God for, for our answers and, and really recognize that pride when it comes because that pride can, can attack somebody's dream. It can attack somebody's hope, and it could hurt them. You, you know, those words that you say when they, they might be telling you their, their, their life story, they might be telling you what they have going on, but because it's not what you would be doing, you, you down it, you, you are negative about it, you don't encourage them. So, so today, Christians, I'm just encouraging you to recognize as you hear somebody's dreams and somebody's hopes and, and the situations that they're going through today, just pray for them. Be an encouragement to them. Lift them up in the Lord today and do not crush them. Do not consider them the weaker vessel because they are not the weaker vessel when they have Jesus on their side. So look to Jesus today. Look into your heart and be careful what you say before you say it. And God bless you and you have a blessed day. C.S. Lewis said, Until you have given up yourself to Him, you will not have a real self. Let me repeat that one more time. C.S. Lewis said, until you have given up yourself to God, to Jesus, you will not have a real self. Brothers and sisters today, pride, one of its definitions is thinking of yourself differently than God thinks of you. Let's turn in the Bible, first of all, to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and here's what the scripture says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Amen? So we can understand, first of all, that one thing that pride will do is pride will disagree with God about your situation. Pride will believe its own opinion over the opinion of God. Have you ever met people who are constantly and consistently dissatisfied with every area of their life? That is pride. That is a form of pride because they are actually saying that they know more what they need than God knows what they need. See, Romans 12 and 3 brings out to us that we are to think with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. God has assignments for us, hallelujah. And God will give us the faith to complete each assignment. And when we are faithful where we are, the Lord will promote us. He will increase our faith. He will increase our level. 
But first, we have to be faithful where we are. Not filled with pride, not filled with arrogance, not knowing more than God, not knowing more than everybody else knows, even if we do know some things more than other people do. We have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and allow the Lord to work His work in us. Amen? And that is awesome. When you stop and think about it, if you're faithful over little, He'll make you ruler over much. But a person who's filled with pride and arrogance can never get there. See, pride will short-circuit that. Pride will short-circuit every promotion you'll ever be in line for. Pride, arrogance, haughtiness, that is just not the way that God operates. Now next, let's turn in our Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Praise the Lord. And we'll look at verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6. And here's what the Scripture says. If I can find it, this is a brand new Bible. And... Um, I'm having a little trouble getting there. Here we are. James 4, 6, the scripture says this. But he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, we understand that grace is that element of God that enables the believer. Grace, grace is the enabler. It's the great the grace of God enables you to walk in the faith God has assigned you. Grace enables you for the promotion. Grace enables you to to move to the next level with the Lord. So grace is the enabler. But if you're in pride and God is opposing you, that grace, that flow of grace is interrupted in your life. So one way that you can interrupt a flow of divine grace that you need to function on a daily basis, the way that you can interrupt that one way is through having a prideful, arrogant attitude. And secondly, let's look uh, at 1 Peter 5 and 5. Let's see what God says here. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Let me, let me stop right here a moment and say this. I can't tell you how many, uh, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23 year old little novices I have seen and observed. Uh, they have come into to this movement that people are calling the message of the cross. And they're just attacking pastors who have pastored for 30 and 35 and 40 years with uh, haughty, arrogant attitudes. Just as a matter of factly stating their opinion to these veterans of the faith. It's not proper. It's not right. You shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that you don't have a right to an opinion, and I'm not saying that you don't have a right to state it, but I'm saying here, as the Scripture says, you younger, uh, be subject to the elders. Treat them with dignity and treat them with respect that is due them. And if you're... If you're a novice, we all were novices at one time. And when I thought, you know, that I knew something more than my senior pastor knew uh, at that time in my life, um, I sure didn't go talk to him like he was a dog. 
And I'm going to tell you, if this is the fruit of that movement that's preaching that message of the cross, if that's the fruit of that movement, I don't want any of that fruit. I mean, I, I backed away from it because I don't want their spirit. I don't want their arrogant attitude. I don't want their haughtiness. The Lord Jesus Christ wants us to be courteous. We may be right. We, in fact, may be right, but there is a way to present yourself before the Lord and before other people. Amen? Let's read this again. Um, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So, as I leave you today with this thought, we do not want, you and I, to be in a position where we find God opposing us. So the scripture says, in verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves. What does that mean? Sometimes you've got to force yourself to keep your mouth quiet. Listen and learn love others and treat people with courtesy and with respect. Now listen, don't stop standing for the truth. We need to preach against sin. We need to preach against evil. We need to alert people and warn people of the dangers of sin. Absolutely. But we must do it in the humility and the love of Jesus Christ and with respect as as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are to show respect to those in authority over us. We don't always have to agree, and we don't always have to obey those who are in authority over us. But we have to be courteous, and we have to be dignified in our dealings with one another on a daily basis. And don't be a little smart aleck, and don't go out there thinking you've got this great revelation that nobody else has. Fooey. Fooey. This, this working of the cross has been in the church for thousands of years. Hallelujah. And there have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of preachers who preached it. Glory be to God. And don't think you've got some little thing that nobody else has. That's arrogance. That's pride. That's deceit. You're deceived. And you will deceive others with that deception. But embrace the truth of Scripture in the love of Jesus Christ. Embrace the truth of Scripture and the power of Almighty God. And in humility, preach the truth. And in love, preach the truth. And don't back down from the truth and don't compromise from the truth. Preach it in love. Preach it in grace. Preach it in holiness. Preach it in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we will see a great, abundant harvest. Because that's what God wants to give us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to today's devotional. And today is our third and final devotional on pride. And today I just want to talk a little bit about how pride can hurt ourselves. You know, there's a couple of scriptures that I've read in the past that talked about why have you meddled to your own hurt? That's kind of my paraphrasing of it. But why have you meddled in this situation to your own hurt? And a lot of times we're so busybody, 
we are looking at a, a situation that we shouldn't even be, we shouldn't touch, we couldn't be, shouldn't be concerned about. Um, that that we uh, we do that to our own hurt. And the other thing is, is that a lot of times our pride can cause us to hold on to our own hurts. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Um, you, it's my pain. It's, um, you know, I've been hurt more than you have been hurt. So, you know, that, that justifies me lashing out at you. Um, pride can take that pain and that hurt that you have had in the past and you hold on to that like you have the right to hold on to that and God's telling you today you have no right to hold on to any hurt of your past God has said let it go you know but they hurt me I was I was this or I, this happened to me you know what you need to do today is you need to give your pains and your hurts to God for His glory. You know, a lot of times we uh, replay those hurts and pains over and over and over again in our mind. Something will pop up and remind us of those hurts and the pains, and we don't release them like we should. We allow pride to come in, and, and sometimes we don't even recognize it as pride. Do you think that God is so far up in the heavens that He cannot touch your heart? your hurt, your pain? Are you so prideful that you will not humble yourself and cry out to Him and, and look to Him for that answer? He wants you to do that today. He wants you to humble yourself. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. He, he wants you to take that, that hurt and that pain and, and lay it down at the altar. Do not let your pride hold you from doing that. A lot of people, they'll come to church, but they will not go forward and release that because of their pride. They will not come forward and ask Jesus Christ into their life. They will not look, go forward because they're afraid of what somebody else will say or somebody else can do. They're letting that pride hold them back. You know, we can we can look at others and we can say, well, my hurt is worse than that hurt. Um, you know, I, you hold on to that. There's a lot of divorces that are happening today because this this spouse and that spouse, neither one of them want to humble themselves and come on to, to God. Their pride gets in the way. And pride can lead you to deception because Jesus Christ came so that you could have forgiveness, so you could walk forward, so that you do not have to live in the past. And you can be deceived by that pride, thinking that you can't get anywhere farther than where you're at today. We need to look unto Jesus, who humbled himself and died on the cross for us. We must forgive ourselves. We, we must not let our heart be puffed up with pride that will cause us to not seek God for the answers. It will cause us to not go to Him. It will cause us to not receive that healing that we need. He has a plan and a purpose for you today. He has called you to a specific task. You know, and in due time, He's going to lift you up. You just got to hold fast. You've got to humble yourself. You got to call unto Him. And you got to cry at the cross. And you've got to believe that Jesus Christ paid that price so that you do not have to be hurt. You do not have to hold it in. You need to lay it, lay it aside today. You need to lay it aside so that He can heal you. 
and and God will come into your heart and 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 heal that hurt and pain. So don't don't hold on to that past. Let go of the pride. Let God take care of you and hold on to you for the rest of your life. God bless you and be blessed. Praise the Lord, Angie. That is so right. And um, you know, I am thankful that the Lord put it within your heart to do these three podcasts on on pride because pride is an area that affects all of our lives there's no one that can say oh i've never dealt with pride because that's pride (laughs) and we all deal with this and we all need the instruction of the holy spirit on it and i'm just so thankful that you uh, were obedient to the lord in putting this together now for my part of the podcast today uh, basically i just want to read some scriptures to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we'll start with verse 12 and I'll be reading from the ESV I want to say this a form of pride that is often neglected to to be recognized uh, in the body of Christ is the pride that comes in when a person tries to be something that they're not God has created each one of us for a specific purpose in our lives And if we function in the purpose he's created us for, it will bring him honor and glory. But when we try to do things simply because others are doing it, or simply because it feeds ego, or it uh, makes us look good, or whatever, uh, who gets the the, 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 the praise and the glory then? The individual does. So... In order for us to properly bring glory to our Lord, and this is a part two, I believe, of worship, uh, in order to properly worship our Lord and bring Him praise and glory, we need to be functioning in the place that He has created us to function. Not trying to be something we're not. Not trying to do things simply because others are doing them. And so the scripture says this, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose and then verse 20 says as it is there are many parts yet one body beloved I'll close this series by telling you this every single one of you are important in the body of Christ whether you're a homemaker whether you're raising your children whether you are an accountant a roofer, a mechanic, a firefighter, a policeman, a pastor or an evangelist, or any of the ministry gifts, everybody's important. And it's not just the ministers in the body of Christ that are important. Now don't get me wrong, ministers are very important to the body of Christ. 
and so is the laity, so to speak. We all need to be content with what God has designed for us and try to move forward in that, try to advance in that place where God wants you to be, but do not try to come on over into somebody else's office and do what they're doing for any reason or any motive that you could possibly have. When you function where God has created you to function, you will bring Him honor, praise, and glory. If you try to do a bunch of things, you're going to get the honor, the praise, and the glory. And that is not pleasing to the Lord. And that is pride. Heavenly Father, thank you for this series that you put it in my wife's heart to bring to the people. Lord God, move among us right now and touch us. Bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.